Thank you for double-clicking your mouse tonight. You're listening to the Midnight Frightcast in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Hey everybody, welcome to the Midnight Broadcast uh, episode number 74. I just blew the mic out. I thought I'm it was not, really loud. I'm not used to you hosting, so uh, I didn't have it set right. Patrick literally almost fell out of his fucking seat. I was watching him. I think he shit himself. Uh, um, across the table from me is the uh, doctor of filmonomics, Greg the Movie Guy. He is back in the saddle and not phoning it in over the phone. And to my right is the doctor of everything else, Patrick. Hey everybody, how's it going? How's it I am going? the other guy in the room. I'm Josh. The guy um, who likes to watch. <laughs> we have not done this for, it's been a little minute. It's been it's two like, weeks. You know, it's weird it's because only it's only weeks. been a couple of weeks. It three, feels like three weeks at the most. We, you guys did one uh, like the first or second week in January because I was out with a fucking cold. Yeah. Gotcha. It feels like three months. <laughs> it it feels feel like a really long, long time. I think it was because I edited it and it was out like the next day gotcha. as opposed to me sitting on it for a week. Yeah, that maybe. might be part of it. Kind of sucks to sit on it for a week, doesn't it? Uh, just feels like a really <laughs> long time. So we watched the trailer, as we always do, to bring in the uh, the cast today. We watched the trailer for a film called Saint Maud. Um, that is M A U D, not like modification. Yeah. Right. Oh, there's no or e modifier. There? Well, fuck, I spelled or it wrong. modulator. As, or, as in, and then there's Maud. Um, it's an A24 production. Um, I usually like a lot of their stuff. I don't know about this anymore. Like, I don't know about this one. I was, wasn't feeling it. I'm not sure if it's just because I wasn't really paying attention <laughs> or I just you were talking like, to me half the time. It, it kind of just like, uh, it didn't catch me out of the gate. So but you I was watched it before, like, didn't you? Or did you? I feel like I've seen it a couple of times. Okay. I just like, maybe I don't care. <laughs> like I just, uh, I, I was watching it and then. Like something took my attention away and then I couldn't get back into it. And I was just like, eh, nothing, there's nothing in this. And I'm like, oh, cool. That's new. Um, so that drew my <laughs> eye. So I, I feel like I know this, what, what it's about, but I don't know what this movie's about. Like nothing really told it was, me. It was almost like there's two movies within the movie because right. mm-hmm. it, it started out one way and then it went another way. So I'm only assuming, and this is what I'm pulling from the trailer <laughs> itself, is that. The lead character is taking care of a nun who is dying from something. Right. Eventually that person dies and this person has these supernatural powers after that or is possessed after that or so I couldn't really tell yeah, is it a exactly possession what movie? it was. Is yeah. It, yeah. I, I feel like it's a it's a, a transition movie, kind of I don't know if that's the word I want to use, but obviously there's something wrong with this girl. She doesn't find out until she starts going down this path that slowly opens doors as she goes into her whatever she right. goes into this what this actually felt like uh, while i was watching that i was thinking this is dark doctor sleep at least if you took his mm, role his position yeah. in the movie and you went dark with it that he helped people pass on yeah right i don't know what you would call that like fucking spoiler alert <laughs> that I'm, I'm sure that there's going to be something completely different because i feel like a24 is becoming the new m night Shyamalan movie Oh, you think? Where there's just like some wild out of the blue twist at but, the end. And it's the same producers of Hereditary, Midsummer, The Witch. The Witch. You can movies. Cool, yeah. What? No. Shut up. <laughs> no. I'll give you two, The Witch, but. The, the Witch was pretty bad. <laughs> the Witch was pretty bad. Yeah. 
but I, I'll be interested to check it out. I don't know if I'm going to run to the theaters to see it. No. I'll, uh, I'll catch it on a streaming or in October when we're fighting for our lives to get through a goddamn marathon. Yeah, I may, right. I may check it out at the theaters. I'll, I'll look at the initial reviews, the yeah. pre-release reviews, mm-hmm. and see what they're saying. It got really good audience uh, reactions at uh, Fantastic Fest and the other festivals it's played. It got really good uh, audience reactions from it, but I just like I just don't know if I'm mm-hmm. over like this might sound really bad, but because we talked about it a minute for a second, but like I don't know if I'm just over like religious horror and there's just nothing in there for me that I care about. Sure, that's just what it is. That was, that might be what it is. I don't know. Yeah, the one thing I pointed out is I wish it wasn't coming out so late in March because right. I believe March is Women in Horror Month. Yep. And it comes out March 27th. It's kind of late for us to grab it and do it on a cast. Yeah. But it is a woman director uh-huh. and it's a strong female cast. Mm-hmm. So it would be perfect for Women in Horror Month for us to review, right. but I just don't think it's going to come out in time for us. It to just do looks it. like a film that should go directly to a streaming site. That's how I feel. It, this doesn't look like a theatrical release film to me. It doesn't look like it's a film that anybody's just going to look to chase or care about. Sure. Uh, but that's it's. But it's like they're scrolling through Netflix. They might be like, "Oh, what's that?" Mm-hmm. I'm not chasing this no. fucking movie. All right. Okay. It's so negative. Sorry. <laughs> I'm just like, wow. Way to bring us yeah. down, Josh. I know. Just, there's just nothing there that I just like. But when it comes out, March 27th. March 27th. Cool. I'll make sure to check it out. Uh, who's got news? We got, uh, we're going to do news, right? Who's got what? Who's got news? What do they have, Greg? I feel like I don't have Maddie here to like help me defend this, but let's do the news. It's the news. That's a short one. I like that. Greg, you got news? Did you read that news? Uh, I didn't. If you want to go ahead, I'm sitting here watching. Uh, we've got four. I have no news. I had a hell of a time trying to find news. Patrick did not do his fucking homework. So, uh, I got news. So, uh, David Howard Thornton, he's the um, director of one of our uh, films uh, from 2017 or 16, 18. It's Terrifier. He um, has been led to believe that the fans want a trilogy for Art the Clown. So, he, although Terrifier 2 is not done, he already has a big idea for Terrifier Three. Three. Okay. Um, so he set a $50,000 Indiegogo goal for Terrifier 2, and they raised $215,000 for that movie. Hmm. So he's promising that it's going to be a more ambitious film with the money they have, and there's going to be a higher body count, including a kill that will rival the hacksaw death. No from that fucking movie. way. How can you top that? Right. How can um, you top that? So I guess we'll have to watch um, and find out. He said, just look for just a high body count and some major blood coming to terrifier too. Um, like I said, it, it, making, you know, having $200,000 opens up a lot of doors to be able to do a lot more stuff at the same time. And I feel like Patrick's going to throw this at me. So I'm going to throw it out anyway. Yeah, but let's see if you're thinking what I'm going to say. They had no money for Terrifier. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So is having $200,000 going to take that indie spirit away from this film? Um, I, I think what I'm going to say buys into what you're saying in the sense of you're saying that the fans want a trilogy. Right. I'm, I'm hesitant to see what two is going to be like, because if two <clears> comes out, and doesn't deliver like one does, there's definitely no reason right. that I would want a three. Right. The, the story sounds interesting. The little bit that they've put out about what it's kind of going for. I don't know. I, I, I kind of understand like them wanting to do like a full out, like, 
you know, trilogy for that character. But let's just hope that they don't focus like, on the it, quality of the story before right. you work on right cash cowing it in. Right. Well, and if they're going to be throwing money at it, does it lose that indie look that they had? That right. that rough grit mm-hmm. look that they had because right. I I think what made that movie so much fun was the fact that it was a throwback movie. Right. And if they're going in with digital cameras and making everything look sharp and pretty and everything with that, I, right. I don't want that. No. I want the same style as the and, first Terrifier. And, and Terrifier didn't have really any plot. No. There was no plot. It was just, it was a body count movie. Yeah. Totally fine. So given the little bit of plot I've read about for Terrifier 2 is them having a real driven story where there's characters that you have to actually kind of like invest in and possibly carry up care, care about. Is that going to ruin what the first terrifier built? So that's the, that's the news I had, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm interested in as well, a trilogy, as long as they continue to keep that character and that indie spirit to go with the other two movies. Mm-hmm. So. Keep it in the same vein. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Go ahead, Greg. All right. So this was from uh, Arrow in the Head. This was posted on our our th- our Facebook thread here. Anaconda. I want th- I want this to sink in. I'm going to say this first line very slowly. Evidently, Air- Anaconda is one of Sony's most profitable movies. They made three of them. Sit on that one for a second. Anaconda. I think Sony was the same studio that did Spider-Man, their first one. Okay. Anaconda. Is one of its most pros- okay. profitable. Anaconda wasn't that you, bad of a movie. And, and when you it take into consideration, when you take into consideration how much it was made for, mm-hmm. and how much it made, it could be one of its most profitable in the sense of percentages. Very true. Very true. So it, it, that just boggles just, my mind. Yeah, Anaconda was also one of Pornhub's most profitable movies. But anyway, go ahead, Greg. Are we talking about a different Anaconda? Possibly. Okay. <laughs> They are looking to remake said movie, but they want to take a The Meg approach to the all-new and all-modern reboot of the giant killer snake flick. What the hell does that mean? I don't know. I think they want to try and do a creature feature that looks like The Meg, but instead of a giant goofy-looking shark, they want to use a giant goofy-looking snake. They used a giant goofy-looking snake in the original Anaconda. I know. So, I mean... But they've got... Way better CG now, so they can make it look even more real. Yeah, maybe. I don't think that snake looked that bad. It wasn't for, terrible. I mean, I, for so, what it was, it was it was a decent movie. It was a good. No, no, Josh, we're talking about the Sony movie, not the. <laughs> oh, gotcha. Movie. One was definitely bigger than the other. Um, Anaconda had a really good cast too, though. Absolutely. Uh, uh, so John Voight was in it. John Voight, Jennifer uh, Lopez, Ice Cube, uh, Owen Wilson had a brief yeah appearance before he got killed. Right. So I mean, that's not like for that. I mean, who would have been like, you know, who pitches Anaconda and then goes, well, these are the people I want in it. And then he gets those people. Right. Yeah. Like some names. Right. So for, for what it was and when it came out, I have to look back and see when it came out. I think it was late 90s. Um, oh, Patrick's on it. I, I thought it was a good movie. I think there was a couple parts in there that were just like, yeah, that didn't need to be in there. Right. The, uh, the winking scene was one of them. That was dumb. The winking scene where John Voight got eaten and then oh. he got regurgitated. And oh, as yeah. he came out, he winked at Jennifer Lopez before he died. <laughs> yeah. I said again, it's, it's go ahead, 97. Go ahead. Yep. Late nineties. Yeah, that's what I right. thought. Yeah. Okay. That's what I thought. I don't know. It's, a, it's just another, like it's proof that they're just, they're out. They're out of it. They, yeah. All they they're doing is they're rebooting stuff and they don't even care about it anymore. It's, 
You know, do you think it's because they're out of ideas or they're afraid to take a chance? They're afraid it's, to take a chance. It. They're afraid to take a chance. They don't want to lose any of their money. And so that's why they're going back to old IP and they're just, they're spoiling it. Like I, mean, I read a, uh, I read an article yesterday or not even an article. I read a headline that Disney's next live action reboot is Bambi. Ugh. Hmm. Gross. Hmm. Gross. I don't even want to like no. consider going to see that. Like no. I would go to that and root for the hunter. <laughs> Because that's how sick and twisted I am. It's just, it's hard to to buy into reboots of Anaconda when films like the one that we're going to review tonight is coming out, and the Terrifiers, mm-hmm. and those just indie gems that are just original content mm-hmm. and right. so much uh, better in their storytelling and just overall better in general. Like the, those studios better get their shit together real quick, or these. Indies are going to come in and kick down all their goddamn doors. I think uh, it's already happening. So I think the indies are they're starting to to spring loose because studios are just proving that they don't have it. Right. They they either don't have it or they don't want it. They just want a cash cow. And that's not even just in horror, really. That's, that's all over, over the board. That's overall, yeah. absolutely. Um, indies in general. Is that the is that the news? Pretty much, Greg. Yeah, that's what we got. That was do 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 That was the news. News, news, news. On a loop, blue, blue, blue. Hey, right. hey, Josh is joining in now. <clears throat> hey, yeah. <laughs> um, so what we've been watching, we've been only gone for apparently two weeks. Couple weeks. But yeah. Surely we've watched some shit in that couple weeks. So, uh, Greg, you want to start? Patrick, you want to start? Who I'll start. start? And don't cool. call me Shirley. Shirley, you want to start? Yeah. Right. <laughs> okay. So, um, I've been binging a show on Netflix. Uh, yesterday, actually, I pretty much sat through the entire thing. Season two of Sex Education. It is a British show. Gillian Anderson is a sex therapist and her son, Asa, and I can't remember his last name, the actor. Anyway, he then goes to his high school and provides sex therapy for the people in his high school. Was the last name Butterfield? Butterfield. That's exactly right. Is it? Oh, good. I was yes, kind it's of a Butterfield. <laughs> it was You're a little bit of a guess. Right. <laughs> and it's it, it, it's not your typical high school show. It's very it deals with strong topics. Sex. LGBTQ. Oh, okay. With transgender, with suicide, with all sorts of really strong s- subject matter. Gotcha. It. And it really when I saw first episode of the first season, I said, okay, this will be a, a one shot. Mm-hmm. deal right. i'm gonna watch the first episode and be done <clears throat> that one hooked me and then season two came out and i didn't even know it was coming out and i just binged it once i saw it was on netflix now, did you say it was a like a comedy drama or is it just straight drama comedy or? drama i figure that's probably where it went yeah well so. it kind of has to be to deal with some of the subject yeah. matter that they're dealing with what, what drew you to that title like were you just scrolling through netflix and were like well oh, of, cor- of, of course the title drew me to it but then you know seeing that jillian anderson was in it okay helps yeah helps i just enjoy everything that she's in and yeah that's why gotcha. I, I, I feel like it's it's one of those you stumble upon on netflix like when i stumbled upon working moms and mm-hmm. like there's no way i'm gonna like any of this and you watch and you're like oh fuck this is actually really good oh yeah working moms is excellent it's hysterical a really good show <clears throat> and then I don't think I said this last time we did the cast so if i did i'm gonna go and edit it out but I saw Knives Out. Rachel and I went to see that. Oh my that God, that is so good. And just really, really enjoyed that. To me, it was pretty it was original. A f- it's a fun watch. It was <laughs> fun watching Christopher Plummer at age, 
91 or I don't know. He's, he's, he's not quite that old, but he's still pretty old. The hardest part I had with that movie, it took me about 15, 20 minutes to get Daniel Craig's accent. Oh, yeah. Like, this is not James Bond, with but I'm whole, watching the, with the really strong, the deep southern, deep like, southern. oh, my God, that was weird. It's on Ibe's <laughs> list of things to go. She needs she to, needs see, to that. see it. Did yeah. you see that? No. You need to watch it. It's know. really good. Yeah. My only criticism really is that there was one scene that there was <clears throat> lens glare that popped in. Okay. And it was only in one scene. And I was wondering if they didn't notice it and then they couldn't go back and fix it. Sure. Because it wasn't it wasn't a style thing. It wasn't a it wasn't a JJ Abrams thing. Gotcha. No. It was a, there was a scene out in the garden at night and there was mm-hmm. this really strong light in the background. And you can see it oh. popping off a blue yep. lens glare. Yep, I know what you're talking about. It. But yeah. the writing was strong. It had an ending that I wasn't really expecting because I was kind of thinking something else because of who Christopher Plummer's character was, Yep, what he did for a living. I thought it was going to be something completely different, and it didn't go that way, and I was really happy that it didn't because yeah. it just kept me on the edge of my seat wondering how it was going to play out. Gotcha. Great it's a fun movie. watch. It's a fun watch, absolutely. And that's it for what I've been watching. Cool, great, go. So uh, I got a text message the other day from my uh, my Apple account that said, "Hey, guess what? You have access to sign up for a free year of Apple Plus." I didn't realize that I had had that, and so I signed up for it, and I'm really glad that I did. Yeah. Um, Emily and I uh, started watching. It's a show that we've seen commercials for, and just really have been trying to figure out how we can get access to it. And that's the Morning Show. Absolutely love Jennifer Aniston. I'm a huge fan of The Office, so Steve Carell is up there, and it just, it's been an amazing show so far. We're only a couple episodes, and we're trying to watch it together. She's uh-huh. sworn the holy death curse on me that if I go on without her, she's going to straight up right. murder me. So right. I'm adhering to her wishes, but it's been really good so far. So yeah. I also started watching the movie or the series C. That is S-E-E, like Vision C. Yep. Uh, Jason Momoa is in it, and I don't know of any of the other uh, characters in there, but... Uh, really interesting concept. Um, I'm about seven episodes through that, and I'm loving every minute of it. I, Jason Momoa is such a fucking badass. Yeah. So uh, watching that, and then with it being Oscar season, mm-hmm. I am trying to get caught up and watch all the Best Picture nominations. I'm actually doing really good this year. Uh, I've seen the majority of the ones that have been nominated, but I caught up on another one that was 1917. I mm-hmm. went and saw last right. Thursday, Monday. No, I went and saw it on Monday. I take that back. So nice, but uh, really enjoyed that one. That'll be that'll be a fun one to see how it does at the uh, the Academy Awards. Yeah. Jennifer Aniston won SAG Award for Morning Show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. she's incredible. Very yeah. very good. Yeah, uh, yeah. Real quick, I'll uh, bang through a list. <clears throat> My wife and I are watching Handmaid's Tale together. Uh, we got four episodes left in season three, and then we will start crying and do our coffee because we are out of uh, <laughs> episodes and we have to wait till July for it to come back. So in that break time we'll probably watch the irishman and marriage story, marriage story. Yep. and parasite and then uh we'll probably go hit some contenders in the theater um mm-hmm. the next couple of weeks um just to catch up on oscar contenders uh so henry's tale really really good you you watched it patrick mm-hmm. too so it's crazy i did not think i would get into that show at all and it's like it's highly addictive it's mm-hmm. everything ends every show ends on a fucking cliffhanger mm-hmm. it's on a cliffhanger and i noticed this the other day everything's on a cliffhanger and it's on a close-up of kate moss elizabeth there's, moss elizabeth moss yes sorry <laughs> elizabeth moss and then there's always a voiceover mm-hmm. those are how it's like that's how every episode ends so you know when the episode's about to end because you're like, oh shit, here comes the cl- oh, there's the voice, oh fuck, it's over. Uh, so or it's that no, 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 this can't be it. Yeah. No, no, no. Uh, it's really good, really, really great though. Um, like Greg, 
last week I was in Florida, so um, I went and caught some movies in some theaters. Did you say like Greg? I was getting there. I was going to say 1917. Oh, um, you saw that. I say yeah. I was in Florida, and if I was, no. I missed out on a really good trip. I'll go back. <laughs> um, last weekend I was in Florida, and there was a day where my brother was stuck at work, so he dropped me at a theater that's there. A theater, by the way, that fucking sucks. And uh, I saw 1917. And... Uh, 1917 is up there uh, with probably – I'm going to say like probably – it's going to be my pick I think for Oscars this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I dug it. I dug the the one shot all the way through, the single shot camera um, all the way through. Mm-hmm. I, I like the story a lot. It's it's really, really great. Um, and then I went and watched a bunch of behind the scenes on it too, mm-hmm. um, which was really nice to see after the fact. Um, so, so 1917, um, I saw underwater, um, which yeah. I'm half happy. I saw that movie. The <clears throat> idea of that movie is really, really good. People kept saying it's alien underwater. They're lying. <laughs> it's not. And that and was one you were really looking forward to. I was really looking forward to Here's, here's my defense. Kristen Stewart's really good in that movie. Okay. She's really, really good in that movie. And, uh, it, you know, people's big complaint is that movie's not realistic. They're a, so far into the ocean, the suits they're wearing, their they're, they're pressure, would they would explode. Mm-hmm. I'm like, look, it's fucking like, I mean, you got to suspend you, you disbelief. You have to walk into that movie and go, okay, I'm going to leave everything at the door. Mm-hmm. I know this shit isn't real and this couldn't happen. So, but I'm choosing to go to this movie. I got to let that shit go. Uh, the creature's terrible. It's really bad. Um, <laughs> I'm over terrible creatures. It's so disappointing. But, that movie without that creature would have been a better movie. Um, really? Yeah. Okay. It so, really would have, but it needed it to like kind of tell our, the story. All right. So saying that as we're entering 2020 and knowing that we've got a shit ton of movies, if we want to have a decent list for the December of 2020 top 10 of right. 2020, I'm going to say 2021 one more time. Yeah. 2020. There you go. Is it worth a watch in the theaters? on a discounted night or wait for it to come out on streaming? I would go on a discounted night because it's definitely a film that I think you should see on a big screen. Okay. Uh, sure. It's visually really, really great. Okay. Um, and like I said, I just think it would have been a better film and it, it could have been a film. I think a complete film without the creature, mm-hmm. uh, cause they could have gone a different way, but part, I partly enjoyed the movie. It's not going to, right now, just even without seeing a bunch of 2020 films, it's not going to go anywhere near top 10 for me. But I'm glad I saw it. Okay. Um, and the last thing I saw was I finally broke down and fucking went and, Star Wars, and saw Star Wars. And I walked out of that movie theater. with I watched The Last Jedi the, right before I went and saw that because mm-hmm. I hadn't seen that yet. I walked out of that theater with so many fucking like questions, comments, and concerns. I texted you or uh, Facebook messaged mm-hmm. you like, Right after I walked into that theater going, I, I saw Star Wars. I have so many fucking like problems, <laughs> which I'll talk to you about off, okay. the, off the podcast. But <laughs> I was like, I'm glad I went and saw it. But like, I just so wish that movie it, it just, you know, for sake of pissing Star Wars fans off, that movie would have gone a different direction. And all, like I said, I'll throw my pitch out when uh, we're I, done here. I think you're right up there with most so, Star Wars fans. There was a, and I don't know the validity of this, but supposedly the original script was really, was uh, leaked out. Mm-hmm. And people really like the original script, and they don't know why they ended up with the what we saw on the screen. Right. I'm gonna um, say Disney said no. Well, I'm sure Probably. that's. I'm sure yeah. Disney stepped in on a lot. Mm-hmm. Of that um, but there's so there's like I walked out and I I did this pitch I pitched this thing to my brother and I was like that would have pissed Star Wars fans off so much but 
I would have enjoyed the hell out of it. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. anyway, that's what we've been watching. Um, yeah. So our topic tonight is one I feel like Greg and I have kind of semi debated a little bit on here before. It's definitely been brought up, but never really round tabled. <clears throat> um, and it won't be round tabled tonight because we don't have a fourth person. So it'll be kind of like triangle table, triangle table, tri table. So uh, our topic tonight is, is PG 13 the worst thing to happen to horror? That was what I wrote down is PG 13 ruining horror films. It um, depends if you're a fan or if you work for the studio. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's all it's purely money based. It's, it's got to be money based because what they're doing is opening the doors to getting more people into the seats to watch these movies. But I think it's hurting the genre because they can't be as horrific, horrific as they need to be. They can't be as scary. They can't be as bloody. They can't be as gory as what traditional horror fans want. One thing that I would like to see is they, they've got a, it, there's a very fine line between horror and thriller. I feel like if you're going to release a PG 13 movie that you want to consider a horror, call it a thriller because that's about all you're going to get. If you want horror, you've got to go balls to the wall. You've got to be scaring or goring the shit out of somebody or making things gross because that's what a horror movie is. If you put a PG 13 rating on theirs on your movie, it's a thriller and that's, all it is. All right. <clears throat> I wrote some bullet points down um, that are kind of semi questions that I guess we can kind of throw around. But, and you guys kind of already covered this, but are we taming the content uh, just so we can aim for a younger audience? It almost seems like it's a directive from the studios. Mm-hmm. When they go to the filmmaker <clears throat> or are presented with the <clears throat> script, that the automatic response or input is. How do we tame this enough to make sure that it has a PG-13 rating? But if you're a studio, and this is a decent example because Blumhouse puts out Mm -hmm. rated R content Mm -hmm. and they put out PG-13 content. So how do you go take Escape Room that has a horror concept to it to Blumhouse or to Jason Blum and say that movie was written in a rated R fashion, how does he decide, well, I'd rather see that one be PG-13, even though we just put out Get Out and that was rated R. Right. But Blumhouse is also in the business of making money. Right. I think he's willing to accept anything as long as he knows it's going to sell. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's a big argument right now, and especially why – studios are afraid to take risks because they don't want to lose that money. Right. You know, it's, it's considered a failure if a movie barely makes back the money that it's spent on its budget. Right. And so that's why they're, we had talked about earlier, that's why they're not coming out with any original IP or their anything like that. You know, they're willing to take a step back and lose a little bit of their creative integrity to make sure that they put enough butts in the seats to make their money back. And I think it, it's hurting the fans more than it's hurting the studios. Right. So, Without PG-13, uh, we wouldn't have gotten films like uh, – I'm looking at one now, Happy Death Day. But we wouldn't have gotten films like <laughs> Darn. Gremlins. Yeah. Uh, we wouldn't have gotten films like uh, Critters, uh, Monster Squad. The Sixth Sense was PG-13 mm-hmm. and that won a fucking Oscar. But with that being said, parents complained about why was Gremlins PG-13? There's shit in that movie that has rated R written all over it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wanted to say Monster Squad but same with Critters. Um, so the next question that I have is, do we, should horror films start aiming for a rated R, 
a rating and then let the parents decide whether or not they want their children to be able to go see that content. As a horror fan, that's what I would like to see happen. That's, yeah, 100%, right? Mm-hmm. That you make that film as dark as you want to make that fucking film with – because you're making a horror film and parents are going to know right out of the gate. If this is a horror genre. This is what could be in it. Now as a parent, I'm going to decide, can my kid go see what is possibly in that movie or do I want to hide them from that stuff? Why do studios have to make that decision for a parent? But you, you're you're invested in cinema. <clears throat> you understand what movies are what. Like if you saw a movie called Critters versus like uh, A Quiet Place is a PG-13 movie or right. uh, a film like tra- uh, like Trailer, God damn it, Terrifier you understand what those are going to entail. That's not every parent. And I'm not sticking up for the studios because I think they're, that's a whole nother topic that I don't want to get into, but they're, they're doing that because they don't want the backlash of you made this a PG 13 or you made this a rated R movie. My kid went and saw it. Shame on you for doing that. Well, they're not parenting. It's, it, it's going to come down to that. Right. But what's the difference between a parent doing research on, a, not, vid- a video game or the music their kids listen to versus a horror genre film that like do the same research. There is no difference, but they're not doing the they're research. They're not doing it. Yeah, that's the problem. They're they're taking or they're not. They're relying <laughs> on the labels. They're not doing their actual research. Exactly. They're 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 not taking responsibility for what they need to do for parenting their own children. And I think that's what the the studios are tired of. Uh oh. What Maddie say? Maddie, I can't say what you said. Oh fuck! <laughs> now we gotta know. No, I'm is curious. It- yeah, <laughs> she originally said taming the content because people are giant pussies and want everyone to cater to their sensitivities. Okay, she follows that up with horror should aim for people who aren't, <laughs> and I can't say the word. Oh. I, I I personally cannot say the word. Okay, wait for it. Okay, I, uh, screw it, Maddie. <laughs> I'll say it. Horror should aim for people who aren't cunts. There it is. There it is. That was the word. We knew it was coming. (laughs) And Um, I'm only saying that because I'm quoting Maddie. Yes, that's a Maddie quote. Uh, God bless you, Maddie. She will haunt this podcast even when she's not here. (laughs) Um, The other thing I kind of, and I'm almost done, but the other thing I kind of looked at was horror is now more mainstream than it has been in past decades it's more popular now as mm-hmm. a genre than it was in the 80s and the 90s mm-hmm. and that's due to films like get out uh winning an oscar mm-hmm. um and now like oh they're seeing like oh now horror films are dipping their toes into big award shows there must be something behind uh these shows so now are studios pulling back into the pg-13 territory because it's becoming more mainstream, therefore mm-hmm. it'll sell better, therefore we need these tweens to go fucking see these movies to make the money. But that falls under, the, you need to be making the horror movies that made us all fans. You don't need to be remaking Child's Play or right. or fucking whatever else they're coming out with because they're right. screwing them up horridly. Yeah. And then are we just getting watered down versions of uh, films that could be legit scary? Like how much is in a film that like people and not for us, because, again, I don't really get that feeling anymore. But Mm -hmm. people that are newly exploring this genre that still get that feeling of, oh, shit, what's coming? Are they getting, you know, cheated? Are they getting watered down versions of something that would absolutely scare the shit out of them? But the Mm -hmm. studio was like, eh, let's not show that. Let's show this. Absolutely. Um, I mean, okay. There's a perfect example on here. I'm looking at it. Lights Out came out as a studio film. 
mm-hmm. you go back and you watch the uh, the short film of that, right. and it is ten times more terrifying than the studio film ever came out right. with. And I think had they stayed with what like the the full true essence of what that short was, uh-huh. it would have been a rated R film, right? You know, uh, when we look at Insidious, Insidious is PG thirteen, right? And that's got I mean horror written all over it, <laughs> but. I don't know. Like I said, it's it's an argument uh, that people kind of have back and forth about whether or not studios should be releasing PG-13 horror films. And that's the great thing about indie films as well is they're either unrated or they stamp the R-rated uh, mm-hmm. the R rating on it. The, no indie horror film, I guess that I know of, I haven't researched this at all, but like no indie horror film slaps a PG-13 rating on their movie and goes, all right, horror fans, take a look and let me see what you think. I, I guess what I don't mind the fact that there are PG 13 horror films out there. Cause then we wouldn't have films such as scary stories to tell in the dark, which I understand why it was a PG 13. And I mm-hmm. want to come back to that. So continue. So, so I, I believe there is a place for PG 13 horror, mm-hmm. but just have the balls to not water down your film just so you can right. try to maximize it. If you want to make a true horror slasher, whatever, mm-hmm. do it the way you want to do it. Fuck right. the ratings. You know, if you get an R, get a fucking R and be right. happy about it, you know, right. mm-hmm. instead of, oh, we're not going to make enough money to cover the budget or whatever it is. It Stop watering down this shit if you don't have to. Mm-hmm. And I think some of that comes down to the filmmakers and just saying, you know, this is the movie I want to make. Also, those horror, those those studios are making those horror films for five million bucks, mm-hmm. five million dollars probably max of what they're dumping in to those horror films. Slap an R rating on it. You're gonna make ten million at the box office that opening weekend, and then everything after that with sales and shit. So you're gonna double your money that you put into it right out of the gate. So slap the R rating on it. You're not gonna lose money. There's no, no. way for what they put into that film uh, financially that they're ever going to lose. No, because horror is the only genre that has a built-in fan base. Mm -hmm. And the more that you alienate that fan base with PG-13 horrors or really trashy remakes, you're just, you're screwing yourself. Right. You know, exactly like Patrick said, have the balls to film the the, film, the movie that you want to make. And I think that's why independent horror movies are, they're winning right. and they're going to continue winning until the studios realize, uh, yeah, we need to take the cock block off of these directors mm-hmm. and let them just go right. and do what they need to do. Kind of going back and I, are you done? Uh, yeah, I mean, sure. Yeah. <laughs> going back to what you were talking about with uh, scary stories that tell in the dark. I get why that was a PG 13 because the original books were of that. So we're it, geared toward teens. It fit perfectly within that. Ha- could they have gone scarier? You damn right. They yes, could they have. Absolutely. They could have. I understand why they stayed within that. I appreciate it. I wish they would have gone a little bit further, but I understand it. But they also could have done like what they did with the banana splits movie and uh-huh. know their audience that mm-hmm. most of the people, you know, these kids that have read those books are much older now and can right. handle the art a little rating. bit more. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But you, you have to look at some of these PG 13 horror movies and realize that Yes, some of them are watered down, but if you're going to do a horror movie or a thriller movie, you have opportunities to do it right. Because I'm looking at some of these on here. The Sixth Sense Mm -hmm. was an incredible movie. Absolutely amazing movie that was considered a horror. The Ring is on there. Uh, What was the other? Quiet Place was in there. And that was, I love The Quiet Place. Right. You know, I could go on and on and on here. Insidious. There's, there, there are ways to do it right. Know what your story is. And set your rating accordingly. 
if you're going to go for a PG-13 thriller horror, you can do it right. Mm -hmm. If you're going to go for the hard R horror movie, then do it. I think it all comes down to whether or not you dumb down your script for PG-13 rating. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And I mean that from the sense of I have a true horror film that I know it could be an R-rated movie, but I'm going to take out a couple scenes just so I can get that extra Mm -hmm. 20% in the box office. Right. And that's just just so dumb to me for people to do that. I And I look at the – and I haven't seen Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, but I look at that movie the same I look at those Goosebump movies that came out. Yep. That's, it's, oh, the same God. Go, it's the oh, same goddamn God. thing. Um, and those were PG-13. But those weren't – would you call those horror films? No. So, I mean, was Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark darker than those movies? Yep. Yes. Was it darker? By than far. Okay. By far. Okay. There wasn't even an attempt to make them humorous. Okay. All right. So, wait. Scary stories or goosebumps? Scary stories. Okay. Because wasn't, wasn't, wasn't Jack either. Black and goosebumps or something? Yeah. Like that? yeah. Yeah. But I just I I, so I see those in the same exact way <clears throat> as their PG thirteen movies and aimed for a specific audience. But I also don't consider those movies a horror film. No. Um, but that's just something that I think is a was kind of an interesting. It's interesting it's a sellout. Thing. They're they're so, selling out for the money is right. what they're doing. And it's just it's it's hurting the genre more right. than it's helping it. You know, right. you can bring the people in, but what are you going to show your kids when they're past that eighteen year old age and they can actually watch a horror movie? And right. They're like, oh, I remember watching Happy Death Day to you, and it was so scary when I saw it. And now I'm watching it. I was like, that's the dumbest fucking thing I've ever right. seen. Sorry, Patrick. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, it's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. I guess I started my next to the movie tonight. Fuck off. Uh, anyway. That's it. That's all I had. Okay. Um, topic I thought was interesting. So that's it's um, a it's one we've needed to talk about for mm-hmm, a long time right. because the PG thirteen movies keep creeping in and it's kind of like that uh, <laughs> that subject or that topic that haunted all of us for a long time that we finally covered, which was what is horror? What is a horror movie? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or is it a horror movie? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, onto our our main uh, to- our main uh, our feature film of the night. Sorry, uh, words and stuff. Tonight we watched uh, 2019's film. Is it, twizzing, is it it's 2019, 2019, right? yep. We watched uh, the film Bliss, and Patrick has got dates. Bliss, 2019, running an hour 21 on Shudder, and I believe you can also rent it on Amazon Prime. Yes. Actually, yes. Yep. Yes. Yep. A brilliant painter facing the worst creative block of her life turns to anything she can to complete her masterpiece, spiraling into a hallucinatory hellscape of drugs, sex, and murder in the sleazy underbelly of Los Angeles. IMDb rating 5.7, Metacritic score rating 53%, Rotten Tomatoes critics rating 89%, Rotten Tomatoes audience score 70%. That's all over the board. It kind of is. It's really... But they're all over 50%. They are over 50%. So... I mean, we might as well start with the hater. <laughs> I mean, since Patrick and I, this is going to be, this is weird too, because, well, I'm going to, I'm going to split down the middle because I can go off the first time I saw this movie yeah. and I can go off well, the uh, second time I saw well, this Well, let's movie. hit that. Um, I watched it for our 2019 year end review. Right. As did I. And it hit my, uh, <clears throat> uh, what's it called? 
Honorable mentions. Honorable mentions. It yes. hit my honorable mentions. Yes. And I actually suggested it to Josh and I right. believe maybe Maddie to watch, but definitely Josh because I, I think I am you and said, I think you would really like this right. one. Yes. So you watched it and <laughs> – I Quote, unquote, I watched it. <laughs> um, um, so I fell asleep during the first time I watched this movie and every time I woke up, I felt like I was watching the same part. Every time I woke up, this girl was either the same was, parts. No, so every time I woke up, this girl was naked and covered in blood. Right. So I was like, is this movie on fucking pause? Like this hasn't moved. It's the same goddamn thing. The whole movie. Um, so when I wrote my review on it or whatever for the 2019 31 days of horror film, all I wrote was bliss. All it is, is blood and boobs yep. hated it or something like that. And, uh, so that was the, that was my first experience with this film. My opinion has a hundred percent changed. And now if I could go back, this movie would have ended up on my honorable mentions. As honorable well. mentions. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, not in my top 10, but definitely high up in my honorable yeah, mentions. Yeah. I couldn't put it in my top 10, even though I really enjoyed it. Oh uh, yeah. So Greg ready. Yeah, please hold my beer. Okay. Oh, literally. <laughs> No, give me a beer back. <laughs> so I, I don't want to shit on this movie. But um, you will. So it's no, okay. No, no, no. Give me a minute. Give me a minute. I'm, I'm trying to be better. I don't want this to turn into another revenge fest. There are some good things about this movie. Right. I will tell you straight up that I fast finished this one. I mean, this is the kind of movie was, you can fast finish to, but go ahead, Greg. <laughs> a little bit, yes. But – just like you said, you fell asleep in it multiple times. You woke uh-huh. up multiple times and you saw the same thing over and over and over again. Right. That's exactly what I got when I was zipping through trying to finish it. Gotcha. I would go maybe five, ten minutes ahead and I'd see the same thing or they'd be in the, the end of the same scene that I just finished watching. Right. And I think that doesn't really help the story very much. The biggest thing that I took away from this movie, two things actually. First off, stylistically – it's really cool. Yeah. All the lighting that they used was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Really liked that. There were some great shots in there. I love the disclaimer at the beginning of the movie, just telling you that the seizure stuff, the seizure yeah. stuff and everything else. Oh right. yeah. Uh, so that was, that's the, the positive thing. Like I really appreciate how this was shot done mm-hmm. really, really well. The second thing that I took away from this was the phrase substance abuse, right? Both in the way that you're thinking and not in the way that you're thinking. Okay. Because they do a lot of blow in this. A lot, yeah. A lot of blow. Like mm-hmm. when I was fast forwarding through it, every other scene was. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. Okay. I get it. You're addicted to blow. That's that's great. The the spot or the part that I'm not or that you're not thinking of is the substance of what this story is. Okay. Because this story has no substance. Okay. These characters are so freaking shallow that the, I don't care about sorry. them in the least bit. Right. It's the dialogue. It is dumb. It is like I can write. I, will, I can yeah. put the word "fuck" in a script sixteen thousand times, right. and it's going to sound terrible. Right. The, the writing, I will agree, is not terrible. Good. No. Yeah. No. Because there were points where mm. I thought the actress was not good, but then I realized it's no, the it's the writing. Yeah. It's they because were given nothing. You take her unscripted acting. And she's phenomenal. Yeah. The the transformation and at the it, end of it. Not just, I mean, her transformation all the way through. Right, when, yeah. When, it, when she doesn't have dialogue, From she's what I amazing. Saw. Mm-hmm. She does a really good job with yeah. that. I will I will give her credit. When she, when she goes through her transformation, she does a really good job with that. But yeah, the dialogue in this 
is garbage. Absolute right. mm-hmm. garbage. I agree with that. To me, this is a, a horrible overdose caught on film. You're inside what the actress is going through. Like you're inside her head. Mm-hmm. You're seeing, and that's why it's so stylistic because she's being doing all this blow and all this weird shit. Right. You're getting to see what's going through her head as she's watching herself go through all of this. Right. I want to see what the actual film looks like because I'm sure it's a bunch of really coked out people walking around, throwing paint on a thing, fucking each other and doing blow after blow after blow. Right. I'm probably saying that wrong, but I'm not a drug addict, so I couldn't tell you. That's fine. (laughs) But that was the, that was the hardest thing for me to take away from this movie. And I don't want to go on a rant because it's not worth going on a rant. There were some good parts in it. And I, if I went back and I watched revenge again, there would be some good parts in there. I was just having a bad day that day. (laughs) So I'm not going to give it ones across the board, but there was no substance to this movie. Like I was bored from 10 minutes in. What was worse? The dialogue in bliss or watching the girl in revenge peel herself off that tree branch and then (laughs) walk around for another hour. Could have bleeding out. You know, I'm going to give it to bliss. The dialogue in bliss was worse. All right. There was at least there was agree with that. Actually, there was a story in revenge. Okay. And again, I need to go back and rewatch that with a fresh mind and not a stick up my butt. Right. But there was a story in revenge. This was, like I said, it's a bad overdose caught on tape. Right. But is that not a story? If there was, there could have been a story in there, but they didn't show it. Okay. I didn't feel. So I'll be interested to hear what you guys have to say about it. Patrick, you want to go? I think there was a story. I just don't think there was a lot of conflict in it. Conflict within herself? Oh, there was plenty of conflict within herself. I just mean between the characters. Yeah, there's there's a ton of throwaway characters and two characters in this movie that I gave a shit about. Right. That's about it. Right. So with me, like I had said before, I believe the writing is what hurt this movie more than anything. Mm-hmm. The first 10 minutes were kind of tough to get through because of the writing. Right. I'm listening to this dialogue. It was <laughs> Extremely basic. I think it felt a little restrained because they weren't comfortable saying what they were saying, Mm -hmm. the actors. And so I think that's the weakest part of this movie. The lighting, the cinematography in this, the way it was edited together, I thought was brilliant because, Greg, it's exactly right. You're looking at this movie through her eyes. As she's watching herself. Exactly. (laughs) That she is just completely dissolving into this other character. Right. As she's doing bump after bump after bump of this hideously bliss black yeah. substance. And then it gets tied in with the blood and everything, mm-hmm. you know, and all that stuff moving forward. It becomes a vampire movie. Yes. It's so fucking fantastic. That, and out of nowhere and out of nowhere, because you don't know, it's that turning point in the bathroom, in the bathroom yeah. where she goes in and she's so sick. She's vomiting blood and there's continuity problems in there. But I, <laughs> I, I walked past that and, and, and her friend came in to check if she was okay. And this other woman walks in and then her friend just walks over and bites the right. fuck out of this woman's neck and then throws up blood into her mouth. And from right. that point on, she's a fucking vampire that's what i missed it i was like when did she fucking become a vampire where where did that i was like i i knew it had to happen in that bathroom scene but i was like but where in that bathroom and scene? i wasn't sure that it was vampire and i i, I don't but want to label it specifically vampires it, so much as blood eaters drinkers they pointed out as vampire at the end of that movie. well she said if you are what 
I am. I mean, they didn't exactly say the word vampire, but they insinuated it very strongly. Very much so. Yes. Yeah. By the way, this it, is a 2019 film and we are spoiling. Yeah, but two, we said we were going to spoil it. Okay. In yeah. two spots, in two spots, it's very much vampire. Yeah. At the end of that movie. Yeah. But I mean, they didn't exactly say. You're right. They didn't say the vampires. word vampire. The imagery I thought was just really, really good throughout this entire movie. <clears throat> it was gritty. It was bloody. Oh my God. Was it bloody? It was bloody. Yeah. And it was raw. Would you call this a Maddie movie? I I would suggest it to Maddie to watch. It's only an hour it's 20. Only 20 yeah. I think she yeah. could not 45 minute this one. I disagree. You think? I th- nah. Challenge. I, I barely oh, made it. But look at the movies that she picks. The The writing in those movies are bad. No. Well. And she doesn't give a shit about character. No. And, and character building. And there's really none of that in this. Fair. And I mean, I, okay. She gets, if she gets past the first 15 minutes, I think she's hooked. Right. I agree. That's still a lot to ask. <laughs> I mean, uh, I 15 minutes is my cutoff point. If you can't hook me in 15 minutes, right. I want nothing. And again, that's just me. Right. We have different, obviously, we have different uh, movie watching tendencies. Right. So, Maddie, I, I, I issue it out to you. Watch Bliss and let us know how far you make it through. Right. Because I feel like she's going to get to a point where it's like, okay, they said <laughs> fuck for the 600th time. Give me something. Maddie more. says fuck 600 <laughs> times on a podcast. She made me say cunt. <laughs> She twisted his arm and made him the, say cunt. I didn't see the gun to your head. <laughs> um, Which, by the way, when the, when the gun scene happened, I cheered. Really? And then I cried because she came back. <laughs> oh. Uh, the, the only thing that bugged me in this movie, other than the dialogue <clears throat> itself, was watching George Went just stand there while she chews off half of his arm. Right. Mm. I mean, if someone's chewing on my arm, I'm doing everything mm-hmm. possible to, to get, get them off yeah, of Right, me. right. Yeah, I, I 100% agree uh, across the board as far as the dialogue was was terrible, but I didn't jump into this movie for the dialogue. And I kind of remember that a little bit from the first time I watched this movie, that it was it's all throwaway dialogue. Like none right. of it – if it was a silent fucking movie, you'd get the same idea. Yeah. You really would. But it's silent is in no dialogue or silent is in – because the music is – Silent is in no dialogue. Amazing. The, yeah. the, the music yeah. choices in this are amazing. Yeah, silent is in no dialogue. You know, if they cut out the sex and the the shower scenes and shit, this movie would be an hour long. And I, so I feel like they put those in there because they needed, they needed, the, they needed the time. Because <laughs> it was just like – there was one point I swore I watched her take a shower for like five minutes and I was like, is this going to end? But yeah, it, that's exactly what I mean. I mean, there's no substance. You don't need that much sex or shower right. scenes in there because it turned into a fucking porno um, 20 minutes into it. Soft and, porn. And, <laughs> and I just, I, I hate that kind of stuff in my movies. <laughs> Shut up, Josh. So, um, character wise though, again, there's two characters in this movie that I actually, I gave John. a shit about and it was the main girl, the artist and her the guy boyfriend, yeah. I guess is what you'd call him. But I also actually really liked the three old guys playing cards at the table. Um, I thought that actually brought some, a little bit of something different into mm-hmm. the movie that wasn't these characters that were like, like the, the, uh, her agent. I fucking hated that guy. Mm-hmm. Um, along with the like drug dealer didn't need to be there. Uh, her two friends didn't need to be there. Well, the drug dealer um, kind of needed to be there. He just did, but because like, he's the one who provided they the bliss. Didn't need to give him. As she could have gone role. and gotten her drugs and then and went home. Yeah. And then he could have been done, done for, the, for yeah. the, the time being. Yeah. But, uh, I feel it, like it's, sorry, George went was probably the best part of this he entire so thing. Like, I, I love the three guys. The, the other two were, Meh, but I yeah. think George went. Now, George had, went was her father. 
Is that? No, I think that, that was just I think that was no. just three dudes that were hanging out playing poker. Oh, at I the, thought you were trying to do his dad at some point. I don't maybe just in part. a a saucy nickname sort of Could way. Be. Okay, um, like she's like he's treating her like his kid. And, because I thought it was kind of strange the relationship that she would have had to have had with her dad to go to this place and right, get some blow. Right. And, right. And, okay. I thought there was plenty of story <clears throat> in this film, and but it was uh, and you said it again it's it's all from her perspective, but like. How many films have you watched from the perspective of a main character? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? That uh, it, it's it's all internal conflict from beginning to end, getting this painting complete for her gallery showing or whatever, and what she has to do as an artist to get to those points. The vampire thing was so out of fucking left field for mm-hmm. me. Like I was enjoying the movie, and, and again, I, I enjoyed it after the fact too. But I was like, I'm watching this girl just go down this really dark path as she has to snort this shit to get through her day to get through her art, and then all of a sudden she's a vampire. I was cheering even louder when I found out she was a vampire and she started eating people. I was like, this is fantastic. This is sign me up. Where do I sign? I, I will watch this movie <laughs> again. Um, and I loved the the end piece because you're watching her paint and you're watching the formation it's like bodies in hell the formation mm-hmm. like start to like form or whatever out of these bodies and then you get to the end of we're doing spoilers right yes yeah i wouldn't give the very very end okay but i think what but you're the saying the formation is fine. of the art piece is fantastic mm-hmm. i loved watching that mm-hmm. um as the the film went along so and how it's reflected in what happens on the screen a hundred percent I said, uh, again, when I first watched this film, uh, like Greg, I was like, this is the same fucking scene over and over again. Yeah. But when you watch it with your eyes open, it's a completely different movie. And um, uh, I, I eat all the shitty words I said about that film uh, the first time I watched it because I, I dug it. And I would recommend this movie. So uh, I was 100% on board. And it's a quick for, watch, too. It's, hour and 20 minutes is so easy. It's really, really easy. And you don't even – there's no spots in, the, in that movie I felt like that were slow. There was never a point in that movie I was like, oh, my God. Like, why are we doing this? I I thought it, it went pretty smooth the whole 80 minutes. Because so, you saw the same scene three, four times in a row. <laughs> I mean, they're broken up. <laughs> they're broken up. Right. Uh, <laughs> but even <clears throat> if the scenes were similar, it got darker <clears throat> each time. Right. Right. And so, I mean, I'm, I'm looking, I'm watching the end of this movie while she's painting and I'm, and she's, she takes her clothes off and I'm like, you know what this movie reminded me also too? And I, I thought this, uh, uh, I thought this multiple times through the movie. I was like, this is every fucking werewolf movie I've ever watched where something bad happens the night before. Mm-hmm. And then the guy wakes up naked the next day. And that's exactly what was happening to her every single mm-hmm. – some shitty thing would happen and then she'd wake up the next day and she's naked. And she, mm-hmm. and and, she and can't not, remember what and happened. And can't remember what happened. And I was like, is she a werewolf? Because that's exactly what would happen in those movies. But yeah, the end where she's like – I mean she she's naked and she's painting. I'm like, what? I mean – And the transition of music from that really hardcore into the operatic classical stuff while she just steps back from her painting. Right. Just brilliant. Um, so, I mean, like I said, I'm not anti-nudity in films. Um, not at all. Uh, there's this, you know, we've and we've had this conversation, like, where do you go? Did she really? I mean, could she have done that same painting with her clothes on? Mm-hmm. Uh, again, I wasn't mad. I was just, like, trying to understand 
Why are we naked? I never once it, felt that it was gratuitous, though. Not at all. Not at all. Because, it wasn't. Because it all centered around the rawness of her character and what she was going through. Okay. The nudity, yes. The sex scene. At the beginning? See, that I didn't feel that was gratuitous either because it really set up the type of lifestyle that she had got herself into. That's true. Very true, but I feel like you could have done that with a lot less. But then it'd be an hour ten. Yeah. Then it's an hour ten. <laughs> Throw in another party scene. <laughs> or another yeah, uh, shots of blow or something. I don't know. Right. <laughs> I, I just got to say for me personally, that didn't bother me. Because, it didn't bother me Because it was one of those things that you saw to what extent she was doing things and then waking up the next morning right. not knowing what the hell sure. she did. Right. All right. That's fair. So, That's fair. Um, are, is that, are we good? We've had that conversation? I, yeah, are we I think we're good. Yeah. good? Uh, because I don't ever remember the ratings because I'm just, I just don't fucking remember. I'm going to have Greg say them or Patrick say them. Well, I think we'll, instead of the fear factor, we do the fun factor on this one. 100% because, fun factor. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. It's the so, fun factor, the gore score, and the overall rating. Would you uh, recommend would you it recommend to a friend? It? Okay, so we'll start with the fun factor. Gregory, give it a fun score. I will give it a three, mostly because it's shot really, really well for what perspective I feel like it is. If it is indeed the main character watching in on herself and watching her uh, her slowly spiral, mm-hmm. it's, just, it's shot beautifully. The, right. the color in it was done really well, and the uh, the cinematography was done really well. Uh, for that, I will give it a three. Again, story just did not do much for me. Okay. There was again, there's no substance for it. The characters were very shallow, and the dialogue just no. Okay, Patrick. <laughs> you know, when I look at the fun factor, mm-hmm. I kind of compare it to how I felt when I saw Terrifier mm-hmm. and Banana Splits movie. Right. It, so it doesn't have quite as high of fun factor as those movies right. it's would more have. Serious in those movies. Much more serious, right. but I still enjoyed it. And I think I'm going to put uh-huh. the enjoyment into that fun factor and give it about a five. Wow, I was going to be higher than that. Shit. Uh, I had a lot of fun uh, with this movie, especially with the the switch in the middle. So I was going to go seven. I was going to go seven. So, I it mean, may have been higher when I saw it first. It's more serious, like you said, than Banana Splits and Terrifier, mm-hmm. but it's also a completely different yeah. movie than yeah. – it's not a kill count, body count movie no, at all. No. But yeah, it's, I'm going to go. I'm going to get high on, uh, on Bliss. You do a bump the, on Bliss. With the fun factor. So, <laughs> uh, what do we go? Gore score? Gore score. Just because you had said that, sure. would you have enjoyed this more if it was a kill count movie? If no. all of a sudden she went full kinda, vampire and just started tearing people. It became a kill count movie because people started lining up at the end. The the scene in the house around the table where I mean, that was four the right drug there. dealer, George Went. Uh, the friend, uh, the boyfriend. I mean, they start. It took a while, mm-hmm. but they started to line up and started to fall down, uh, pretty quick towards the end there in a short amount of time. So I wouldn't call it a body count like mm-hmm. um, Terrifier, and I w- or and I wouldn't say the kills were as fun or creative as Banana Splits. But still. yeah, and people didn't just show up to be killed. Right, everyone yeah. who died was already established in right. the film. I, I feel like just to to give one more positive nod to it, the boyfriend's death was actually pretty cool. I will give it that. The where first she, first time or the second time? The second time. Okay. Oh, I thought the first time was pretty cool. Where the did she take his the head? The pez basically a pez dis- Yeah, she, yeah, yeah she, fantastic. Well, she she started off biting his Achilles tendon. Yeah. Oh, yep. And so then flipped run. him over and. Right, that was great. Popped yeah. him up, so sure. that was pretty cool. That was pretty cool. I like that. So speaking of that kill, gore, gore score, score, Greg. Gore score, I'm going to give it a seven. 
Gotcha. Like there was plenty of blood. There was plenty of gore. And I would even lump some of the, uh, some of her transition into this, you know, you get the, the vomiting uh-huh. blood scene and right. all that. And just because I felt like the sex scene was pretty gratuitous. I will, I will include that in there, but seven, I think is a fair score. Okay, cool. I think seven's a, seven's a good score for it for me. Okay. There wasn't a lot of guts or anything like that. No. We did see a lot of blood. We saw a lot of flesh ripping. Mm-hmm. There's blood in every scene of this movie. Yeah, pretty much. So, so seven, was it paint? between seven and eight, everything was mixed in with each other. Uh, yes, seven, eight is very fair. I, yeah, I was going to go, I, I think solid, I would say solid eight, mm-hmm. but um, mm-hmm. like I said, you got, you got blood on the screen nearly in every scene of that movie. And it's not a little bit of blood. It's a full fucking body covered in yeah. blood. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, seven, eight, I think is very fair okay. to give it. So what do you got overall, Greg? I'm going to sit on a four. Okay. Just one below what, uh, what everybody else is saying. And again, that's just from dialogue and mm-hmm. lack of substance. I feel, okay. um, I, I will recommend it. I know that my opinion is not the end all be all. And I know other people have different interests. So I right. would definitely say if, if it's something that interests you, definitely watch it. Right. You know? mm-hmm. I'm going to give it a seven, mm-hmm. maybe a high seven. Right. And would I recommend it? Yes, but I would recommend it to a horror fan. A hundred percent. Yeah. I right. don't think someone just getting into horror or somebody who's on the <laughs> this, fence. This with would horror, be a horrible starter pack. It would be a bad starter pack. Film. You're right. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I would definitely recommend it to a horror fan. Yeah. I'm going to go seven, eight. Also, okay, and uh, definitely recommend it to to a horror fan. I'm trying to think of what kind of horror fan I would recommend it to. But uh, if you liked Mandy, you'll like Bliss. I, I, I fucking love hated Mandy. Mandy. <laughs> I fucking hated that movie. I'm just saying, um, if you like that stylistic type of horror, uh, color wise in this movie, the only thing it was missing was Nick Cage. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, seven eight, and I would recommend it to a horror fan. Can you imagine if Nick Cage would have shown up in this film? Just oh, like, I think I would have chucked. Awesome. No, I would have oh been done. God. I would have walked out of that one uh, as like King Vampire or some shit. You so must finish your painting. Um, that would have been awesome. So yeah, I, I dug Bliss. So it was a mind changer for me. Um, so we're just uh, knock out some plugs real quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you still have a plug, Greg? Greg no longer I am plugless. Has a plug. He's got a plug. Okay, so uh, we'll do a group plug then. Okay, uh, this time around because I've skipped my plug now for several months. Several months. We can um, talk about it now. And then last time we were here, Greg wasn't, so I wanted it to be a kind of overall group uh, plug because it's a it is a group plug. Um, so I haven't group plugs since college. It's yeah, gonna be fun. Plugs. Do some bliss. Um so just to kind of lead into it really quick, so it's gonna be a little bit longer a plug, but just to kind of lead into it a little bit, last October was the seventh and final year of the Prairie Lights Film Festival. Uh Matt ran a very fun film festival that we went to every year um out in Grand Island, and he just got Everybody got too busy, and that festival just kind of wrapped itself up. Um, had a really great final uh, end year. Um, everybody had a really great time, but there was some sadness, I guess, uh, over the ending yeah. of that. Is, is that fair? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, uh, over the ending of that festival, and um, so as a collective, uh, myself and Greg and Patrick and my wife Elizabeth and Greg's wife Emily and Heather, who kind of sort of like got the ball rolling because she knew. A few weeks before we did that, that uh, festival was yep. going to end. Mm-hmm. 
decided to say, hey, uh, there's room in Nebraska for <clears throat> this spirit of a festival. Mm-hmm. So as a collective, we got together. And since pretty much, what, November, October, November? Since the week after, <laughs> the week Prairie, after Lights. Prairie Lights. So yeah. since October of last we year. We have been meeting uh, weekly, pretty much, almost weekly, to get uh, the ball rolling on a new uh, festival. Mm-hmm. So that is what is happening. Same uh, month, October was second, third, second, third, and fourth. First weekend um, in October. Yep. Uh, the Flatwater Film Festival will have its first year in Seward, Nebraska, at the Ravioli. Ra- 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 ravioli? It's not the Ravioli. No, Ravi- it's the Ravioli. The wow, Ravioli. Yeah, Ravioli um, <laughs> Theater. Um, everybody that uh, in this group is super excited. Yeah, um, we are. There is a lot of really good things that have been uh, happening um, at the meetings. Um, there's a lot of really good uh, collective ideas that are happening in the meetings, and things are happening. That's the thing too. Is like you can go, okay, well, I want to start a festival. Like, how do we get going? And there, you could hear <laughs> like a thousand no's. Everybody could be like, no, no, you can't have this theater. No, you can't have the space. No, we can't help you. No, we can't do this. And we haven't heard one yet. Uh, yeah, knock on wood. Nobody <laughs> yeah. said no. Yeah. Um, we were all rather surprised on how well it has been clicking right. so far. We right. found um, the location. We found the venue so quickly afterwards. Mm-hmm. We decided on the format mm-hmm. very right. quickly as a group. And just things have been – and I think it's because we've known each other so long. We kind of know how each other thinks. Right. We knew what the spirit of the festival was going to be, uh-huh. so that wasn't really – something we had to debate that much. Right. It's just the things that we have to deal with from here on out. Right. That are, it's just going to be more time right. consuming N- than it the is going to be. Yeah. yeah. The work yeah. is about to officially really start. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been work. Uh, we have nine months now <laughs> yeah. to get to hit the all of our shit in order. And so you can go on the Film Freeway page. The Flatwater Film Festival is now on there. It's open. It's fucking free. If you are a filmmaker in Nebraska – Looking just to like showcase your work, mm-hmm. whether you shot a film on a cell phone or on a red camera, whether you've shot 10 films or this is your first film, go to that Film Freeway page and look for that festival and submit it. Like I said, it's free. There's a, a ton of opportunities that we're working on to build on out there for networking for people that, again, who are getting started and may not know, you know, a lighting guy or a sound guy or just you know whatever you you know if you're a person out there doing this by yourself there's a thousand people out there looking to help you on your project and that's a great networking situation hopefully that we can build out in seward mm-hmm. for uh current and future nebraska filmmakers mm-hmm. um so if you have a film go to that film freeway page submit your film we want to see it we're watching everything um as a group uh collectively watching every single film that comes through it's not a I don't like the title of that one, so I'm not going to check. No, we're watching every everything film yep. that yeah. comes through. This and, is go ahead, Greg. The the biggest thing that we want to stress is this is your film festival. Everybody gets a shot to see their uh, their film on screen, right? And that is what we want to carry on. 
because there are those people that think, oh, yeah, I just I want to go out with a weekend with a couple of my friends. I want to make a movie. I don't care how stupid it is, but it'd be nice to see it on screen. Right. This is the festival you want to submit to because you will get that opportunity. Yeah. And uh, if you haven't been to the Rivoli Theater in Seward, that theater is freaking cool. It's fantastic. It's oh, really it nice. So we had, cool. We have two screens to our use mm-hmm. uh, that we can that we can either have seminars going on at the same time. Yep. We could have second runs. We can be showing things simultaneously. It's just a great venue to have and the history behind it. By the way, the Rivoli is celebrating its 100th, 100th year. 100th year, yep. So we right. got in at a really good time. It's yep. what, the 20th year for the pre, uh, for the present owners, mm-hmm. I believe. So they're going to be having a celebration about that at the same time. It's just things just came together really well right. for this. And, and there's only one thing I want to clear up. With what you had said, Josh, you said a, a filmmaker in Nebraska. It's actually if you're a Nebraska filmmaker, if you got your roots started in Nebraska, yes. but you're out My in Hollywood bad. making films now, submit your films right. because you are a Nebraska filmmaker. You're a Nebraska native. Yeah. 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 Right. So, so. It's a, so it's if you are a, a filmmaker from the state of Nebraska or if it was filmed in the state of Nebraska, right. submit those films to right. the Flatwater Film Festival on filmfreeway.com. Right. And you can find all the information for the festival on Facebook. We're all over the social yeah. media, mm-hmm. um, everywhere. So just go check it out. Flatwater film, fil- blah, blah, blah. At <laughs> triple F flatwater film festival.com. Correct. And then, like I said, we're all over Facebook. Um, just look us up. You'll get all the info, where to go to submit all that stuff. Um, that was the first plug. Ever. From uh, uh, for Flatwater Film Festival, so you will hear that now every single podcast from now until October. October. And then when that and festival after that, ends, you'll hear about back how up awesome it was. It will go back <laughs> yeah. um, then you'll hear the podcast from yes. Flatwater Film Festival. Yes, we will be out there. So we, uh, that's an, a note too: is we're out there podcasting, and we love to talk to filmmakers. So uh, as it gets closer, you come out there, come find us because we want to talk to you. So that's uh, again your weekend. So Absolutely. that's the plug. I think I've extended that plug long enough. Patrick, probably. take us home. Go, Patrick. So if you're a fan of the Frightcast, and we know that you are, head on over to iTunes or whatever platform you're listening to us on and rate and review us. Make sure that you check us out online. We're on all the social medias. Check out our films at <laughs> Flat at Flatwater. <laughs> yeah. There we go. And check out our films at midnightfrightfilms.com. Yep. Awesome. So, yeah, for uh, the Doctor of Filmonomics and the Doctor of Everything Else and the other guy in the room, Who likes to watch? Um, Josh, Patrick, and Greg, we will check you next time.